0: People who are really true to themselves, I find interesting. There's always, I mean, something interesting about them, but I don't know what that could be. I
1: mean, that's something different for everybody. I saw the part of you that only when you're older you'll see too. You will see too. I held the better cards, but every stroke of luck has got to bleed through. It's got to bleed through.
0: That's why a lot of people don't like being alone. It's because you can't avoid your brain when you're alone. I don't know if a lot of people really get deep down into the root of, of their problems. It could be you're lying to yourself about something, you just don't want to admit it. Or a lot of people are really stressed out about a lot of things, and if they stop to think about it, like it's too much. You don't want to aggressively address it that way because sometimes that's worse for a person. You can meditate, focus on your breathing. And then see, like, see, like, what comes up. See what comes up in your mind. And don't be overwhelmed by it. Just keep focusing on your breathing. And if you get overwhelmed by it, like, think about something nice. And just, like, forget about what you were worried about for a second. And then come back to it when you can. Only
1: blindly I could read you But I could read you It's like you told me
2: That was Cinda McLevena, I'm Andrew Connect, and this is the Unpretentious Podcast, which is back after Thanksgiving and a trip to Calgary to hear Jordan Peterson speak, whom I highly recommend. Today we're talking with Cinda, who perhaps can best be symbolized by water. She is translucent to selfish, uncaring observers who will only see what they want, evaporating with force taking on the shape of the environment she's in and yet is an unstoppable force whose ways are vital to life and growth. Some secrets can never be pried open but in the sweetness of silence their story unfolds. Let's listen as she shares her story with us.
0: I was living in Oklahoma and my mom kind of got me into modeling at 15, 16 kind of keep me out of trouble. It was like a good um, Sort of like, if I stayed out of trouble, then I could model. And if I got in trouble, then I wasn't allowed to. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Eventually, I kind of just like got in my head that I could do it professionally because of a photographer who lived in Oklahoma. And so I managed to set up some meetings in L.A. And my mom took me there on spring break. And we had this bet that if I got signed, that she would have to let me move there. She really didn't think I was going to get signed, and I did. So then I moved here. And I just model here.
2: And when you say get signed, how much work did you do when you were in Oklahoma getting ready to go out to L.A. for that spring break trip?
0: Okay, so I did a lot of working out. I will say, like, my workout routine is definitely not what I would suggest now. Now I would suggest more, like, toning exercises, whereas, like, my idea was, like, oh, you're just supposed to be skinny. (laughs) So I would just walk for, like, two to three hours a day. And so I didn't get any, like, muscle. I just, like, got really skinny.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so I did a lot of walking, and I did, like, that classic chicken and vegetable and rice diet. hmm I did a lot of practicing. I don't know. I was really excited, so I worked on my book, and I perfected what outfits I was going to wear.
2: So your mom, at 16, she's like, you can go to California?
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, because we had a family friend who was planning on moving here, and he was a family friend for a long time, so she thought I could live with him. That's not how it worked out.
2: So how did it work out?
0: Oh, my dad ended up moving here because he didn't want me to live with someone who wasn't my family member. Cause he was very concerned about me not having my parent with me, which is good because I really liked him living here. He lived with me for the first two years. That's
2: really sweet of him. What has your modeling experience been like? I mean, you're out in L.A. at 16. How has that gone for you?
0: You realize very quickly that it's not as glamorous as you always think it is.
2: Mm.
1: It's
0: still very enjoyable, and I still feel really lucky because I definitely do not have to work every day, and it's Mm -hmm. interesting. But definitely not as glamorous as you think. You don't get paid very quickly. It takes a long time to get paid because you like do the job, and then you get paid like three months later. Mm. Sometimes longer. But it's something that you really don't count on when you first move out here to be a model, anyone wanting to be a model, really got a plan on not having rent for a few months.
2: <laughs> that's good advice, and that would be good to know, because, yeah, I would think, you know, I want to be paid every two weeks, but there it's, that's, you're kind of dealing with the clients, where they're going to take a while to see the final proof, and then maybe they'll pay the money to someone who passes it along to you eventually.
0: Yeah, it's like a whole process. Hmm. I definitely loved it. And I still really enjoy it. The industry is changing a lot.
2: How so? Instagram.
0: Like, when I first started, you'd have, like, three castings or more every single day. And now because there's Instagram, they don't cast in person as often. They book through Instagram and you get direct booked.
1: Mm. Which is
0: one good thing, actually, because you don't have to drive around as many castings. Uh It is changing the way they do things because, you know, like, a lot of companies are booking more, like, influencers or sometimes even people who may not have been models in the classic modeling days. So it's, it's really interesting how that's changing.
2: Do you live in L.A. or where are you at right now?
0: I live part time in L.A. and then part time in the high desert near Joshua Tree.
2: What's going on out there in the desert?
0: I have a, a ranch with a bunch of animals. I have chickens and goats and ducks and rabbits and puppy. I have the guan up. He lives in LA. <laughs> it's my boyfriend and I's ranch.
2: What kind of draws you to that ranch life or what do you enjoy about that?
0: I really enjoyed going out there because it was like a really good escape from the city. Hmm. It's really just like a breath of fresh air because like living in the city for so long, you start to feel sort of like trapped sometimes so i would always like drive out and go camp in my car before i met my boyfriend it's really nice to have that like solitude
1: mm.
2: so sol- solitude something that really speaks to you is that mm. has that always been true for you
0: um i wouldn't say it's always been true but i think the more comfortable i've gotten with myself and like mm. my mind the more i've enjoyed solitude
2: So solitude not forces you, but it allows you to go deeper with yourself and your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I think so. And I also think that's why a lot of people don't like being alone. It's because you can't avoid your brain when Mm -hmm. you're alone.
2: Constantly being distracted or always having something to occupy your thoughts. It can be very uncomfortable when it's just a big desert that's still or whatever that experience is like for you. But how did you learn to actually be okay with yourself and your thoughts?
0: Well... I don't think it's something I actually just I tried to do. I think it was just something that kind of came naturally. Because, uh, I mean, I had trouble with that more so, like, in middle school. Like, I always had to be doing something. I didn't want to be alone. Mm. Mm, but that, like, in high school and then, like, as the years went on, I became really comfortable with being on my own, and like, Being open with my like, I didn't have to distract myself from my thoughts anymore.
1: Hmm.
0: I don't know. I think it's kind of getting to know yourself and liking yourself. You have to like yourself to like hearing your thoughts.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I suppose so. So Why do you think that's so foreign to a lot of people? To because isn't don't we live like you're saying it's Instagram, but it's also like this era of self-love and positivity. Uh So why why if everyone feels that so strongly, are everyone trying to avoid their, their own thoughts so much? Would you think?
1: Well,
0: I think it depends on the person, but I think like could be you're lying to yourself about something and you just don't want to admit it. Or mm. a lot of people are really stressed out about a lot of things, and if they stop to think about it, like it's too much. Mm. So I think there's a few reasons. You know, I think a lot of people kind of lie to themselves about a lot of things.
2: It sounds like your mother. She told you if you won this bet, you can move out there, even though you know you're 16, moving out to California is not lying something that really speaks to you?
0: Yeah, I always think being being honest is um very important. My mom always said that if I was honest, I wouldn't get in trouble. And it took me a very long time to learn that because I just kept lying to her. <laughs> and so finally I realized that if I was honest, it was a lot easier. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's fun. So it wasn't it wasn't like you're saying it wasn't like you first Love nature, loved your own thoughts, started off like it seems like lying would get you further ahead?
0: Yeah, it's definitely a learning process.
2: (laughs) Well, how do you think you learned that? It's a hard lesson to learn.
0: Oh, I think I learned most of my lessons the hard way. (laughs) And And then after doing that, I started to learn things easier.
2: How would you convince yourself that being honest is actually easier when it sure seems like if you just bend the truth or tell people something or tell yourself something that's not completely true. Why is that not easier?
0: Well, I learned it at a young age because my mom would always tell me, like I said, if you're honest, you won't get as much trouble. And I wouldn't believe her, so I would just lie to her any time she like got me in trouble for anything. Mm-hmm. And then I would always, she'd always find out the truth, and I would always get in way more trouble. <laughs> so it was just sort of like, I repeated that a few times, and I realized it didn't work, and that's how I learned. Which is a good lesson to learn early on, because honesty definitely gets you further, I believe.
2: Lying might get you a quicker result, but then you have to prop that lie up for a long time.
0: Well, luckily, I didn't even get a quick result from it (laughs) because my mom was too savvy.
2: Moving out to L.A., you're doing modeling, and like you're saying, the work there, it's not... The paycheck isn't necessarily predictable, even when you're going to get it, and the work is kind of not predictable. So are you... Are you a very structured person or you don't? you kind of like rolling with the punches? You're kind of a laid back, easygoing person or how do you kind of view yourself or how do you deal with that?
0: I would say like I'm pretty laid back. I mean, there's like certain things that I'm more specific about, but I just kind of like see how it goes. I don't know how to explain it right now.
2: Would you say, like, like being a very caring, empathic person and being like very in touch and aware of other people's feelings, is that something that's like, speaks to you and you really like having peace and harmony? Or how do you kind of view yourself?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think I think that it's a good description. I mean, I would say that I don't always show it in an obvious way to people. Like, I think I do more so now. mm. The way I used to show it definitely really threw people off. So they didn't realize I was being super empathetic, but I've definitely always like felt things. I feel like a little bit harder than a lot of other people do when it comes to like how other people are feel. Like when other people feel bad, mm-hmm. I feel overwhelmed by it.
2: Mm-hmm. Their emotional experience, you're you almost naturally absorb it. Yeah and do you think that's part of why like the solitude of the desert is almost an escape from the feelings of others sometimes
0: oh yeah i think it's very very necessary for me to escape being around people it's very exhausting um because i'm also the kind of person that if anyone has a problem i'm like talk to me and people Mm. are um always like why do you do that? Like, why do you just let these people like rant to you all the time? And I'm like, cause they need to rant to somebody. Mm. So yeah, I need that like escape.
2: And do you think that, that trait of being like very like listening, very, being very empathetic and you're probably supportive when you listen. And do you think those traits are valued? Like, do a lot of people think that's really important?
1: Um, I think, I
0: think they're valued. I mean, I think especially when someone ex- experiences those things are valued because hmm. everyone wants someone to care
2: well they do but I'm, I'm trying to think like you know in popular culture it's very and I'm not disagreeing with this but I don't I very much see like independence and being bold and mm-hmm. standing up for yourself and asserting your identity and not letting like not taking anything from anybody because you're you I see that like that's very much like promoted But being, like, very tender and very soft and very open, I don't see that being, like, honored as much, if that makes sense.
0: Well, I feel like it's not honored as much in pop culture, but I feel like the people who experience it appreciate it. But maybe it's just not a common theme that's talked about as much or, like, promoted as much
2: like in daily practical real living that's something everyone appreciates and maybe wants but in terms of pop culture like you're saying that's not the message they're broadcasting that's a good distinction yeah how do you feel about that do you feel that others are respectful of that and since you're so kind they're naturally kind back or how do you it sounds like solitude is one of the ways you deal with being such a nice person what's kind of your thoughts about people who might take advantage of niceness
0: well I don't really experience that much anymore. I mean, I have in the past where, like, I've, I've given a lot to friends, like, done a lot of favors for them. And it just seems like they, they're never really, like, that thankful. Or, like, when I ask for one favor, it's, it's too much. Mm. So, I mean, I've had experience with that. But I think it's more so, like, figuring out the right people to be around. Mm-hmm. I haven't really had as much problems since I've limited the people I'm around.
2: And you feel okay doing that, or was that hard for you?
0: No, it's pretty easy because what well, I'm not mean to them either. It's just sort of like a natural fallout. I mean, I don't like I don't just like drop people randomly. It was just sort of a natural thing. Let's
2: see here, so is modeling. That's like the. Full time thing you're pursuing? Are you kind of doing other things, kind of looking into other areas as well? Or,
0: Well, right now it's my full time job, but I am trying to figure out um, what to do after. So I am working on a company for bunnies that I can't fully disclose right now because I haven't patented the idea and so I'd like to keep it a secret. And then I've always been into anything medical, so I really was, I'm still considering. Following that path as well, I'm just not exactly sure where yet, because <laughs> I wanted to be a pathologist growing up, because I was really into chemistry, but I'm not sure what I want to do completely, figuring it out, so.
2: Well, that's fun. Where, so where did that, where does that come from? Pathologists, like, that's a pretty specific thing to be excited about at a young age.
0: Well, I just, I really liked chemistry, and I love science and math, and I liked the medical field, and my mom had a friend in pathology, and I went and I met him and, like, saw where he worked, and I knew you could do pathology in a hospital with living people, or you could do, like, pathology on, like, dead people to figure out why they died,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I was sort of, like, a strange kid, and, like, dead people kind of interest me, mm-hmm. so I, uh, I was like, pathology sounds cool, I I want to figure out why people died. <laughs>
2: What about that is int- intriguing to you?
0: I was a kid at the time, but I just find the science of the body really interesting.
1: Hmm.
2: So there's something about like like having control over your body or knowing how it functions that that really speaks to you?
1: Well, it's just like the science
0: of it, like there's so many different functions and just how how it works really interests me in learning about different diseases. I don't know I find it all very interesting
2: well it is how would you make someone else interested in that like what, what to you is like this is what's interesting about it that is just cool
0: typically I find like I read about some disease that I find really interesting and then I just go on some really long tangent about it where like people who don't know what I'm talking about just sort of stare at me very blankly <laughs> and then they say and then when I'm done they say like I have no idea what you just said <laughs> so I don't think I actually get anyone else interested in it
2: is the CDC like your like your dream job? <laughs> the, the Center for Disease Control, like in Atlanta.
0: They focus on disease control. So like, what do they focus on? Like not spreading disease?
2: Um, well, they're like the place that they'll they do, re- so if there's a new disease and no one knows about, or if they're trying to figure uh, out like okay. patient zero or how it spreads, they're just like the end all be all of like, okay. infectious diseases or any diseases.
1: See,
0: this is why I'm not exactly sure what part of the medical field I'm interested in.
2: In your modeling world, how do you know what a photographer or a client, how do you kind of like read a room or know what they're going for or what look they want to do?
1: Well,
0: typically, for some reason, they don't usually tell you. Hmm. I don't really know why. Yeah. You kind of have to judge it sort of on what theme they put you in and the clothing, how they're shooting and what they seem happy with while you're shooting with them. So... I mean, if they put you on, like, a backdrop in a studio and you're wearing some sort of, like, fashiony clothing, typically they're going to want you to, like, pose in place. But obviously it has to be cool, but it also has to be natural, but not too natural. But then if they put you, you know, like, you're, like, drinking a drink and you're, like, on the couch or whatever, and, like, casual clothes, it's more, like, lifestyle where it just kind of looks like you being you.
2: You're splitting time between LA and then out on the farm and is are you able to do a lot of work out on the farm or how's kind of life been for you?
0: Um yeah, I mean I do I do help take care of the animals and then I do some projects here and there, like stonemasonry work <laughs> I really like doing. I help build the fireplace, I helped build the flooring for the house. I did the beveling of the wood planks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He made, um, he made the flooring out of wine barrels. So I helped with that process.
2: Well, that's cool. I know you're interested in medicine, but are you also kind of going yeah. through some of your own struggles?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have an autoimmune disease. It's called like undifferentiated connective tissue disease. <laughs> it's sort of a hard thing to explain because. Autoimmune diseases are complicated, and then the undifferentiated part, it's because it kind of mimics both rheumatoid arthritis and lupus. But then, like, I have partial blood tests for both of them, Hmm. so it's really hard to differentiate, so it's undifferentiated.
2: And autoimmune basically means, like, your body thinks it's being helpful by attacking, like, itself, and so, like, it's attacking your joint. And so how do you handle that? How's that impacted your life?
0: So it causes arthritic pain. It causes uh, migraines and like digestive issues. I mean, really, it can affect any system of your body. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of like dizziness and like mm-hmm. fast heart rate, but that's from like some dysautonomia.
2: Like, you are saying this, and you're saying this in like the like the <laughs> happiest, kindest voice. Does it, what does it take? to bother you in life. Does that, I mean, that's gotta, I know that's gotta be a lot to deal with, but it sounds like you're just cheerful and happy. Why be so happy when there's a lot of things you could focus on and say, this really isn't fun or this really hurts or it's not, it's not fair.
1: Well,
0: I just feel like I can't live life that way. Like I can't just live life feeling shitty and complaining. I mean, even though they're uh, honest complaints, if I was to complain, it's Mm -hmm. just, I couldn't live my life that way. Why not? Well I thought so depressing.
2: <laughs> so what do you do when there's days you want to get work done and you just feel weak and you can't do things sometimes?
0: Well, if I'm if I'm in the desert I I can't order food obviously. So I just I like hang out, I relax, maybe I watch something or I go hang out with the animals. And if I'm in LA then I rent a movie or like watch Netflix and order whatever food I want. And I just lay in bed, or I take a bath.
2: You're just kind of rolling with the punches and that's all your body will let you do today and that's, you're fine with that. Yes. That is impressive. This is something new, right? It's not like this is all you've ever known. Like you're used to like getting out and doing like heavy work. Yeah, yeah.
0: Really, really loved working really hard and like pushing myself and like, yeah, I could work for hours, like manual labor. I loved manual labor definitely can't do as much now
2: what was one of the big projects you work on where you had to do a lot of manual labor
0: i did uh i did a stone masonry hot tub and my boyfriend helped get me started but he had to work on the generator that was growing up
1: so (laughs) i did most
0: of that and i had to go like drive the truck down and collect a bunch of big rocks and put them all in the truck bed and then drive them back up the hill and unload all the rocks do the masonry work and then I would carry, like, 95-pound boxes down two flights of stairs because I just thought it was a great challenge. <laughs> like, I <laughs> loved pushing myself.
2: Are you still able to do that on some days? It's just not every day? or how?
0: No. I mean, I can't do that any day because I can't, like, lift as he- Like, my muscles are, like, even on good days, it just feels like my muscles are always in, like, a constant state of, like, weakness. So I can't do that anymore. But I still get to push myself just as hard with lighter things now.
2: (laughs) Do you think that's an attitude you've always had where you don't let things in life bother you?
0: Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I let things bother me for a little bit. You know, you got to give yourself some time to let it bother you. But I always get over things like really quickly.
2: It's like a fear of your, do you not like the idea of like being a burden to other people? Like, I don't want to be a burden. Does that speak to you?
0: yeah 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 i definitely never want to be a burden because i've always wanted to be like the strong one mm-hmm. like I, that's neat like when i was a kid i was like the strong one pushed through anything so being a burden is like the exact opposite of that
2: and so you're this person very much aware of how other people feel and you don't like to ever think you would make them feel down by how you're feeling like you you're aware of how they influence your emotions in in the same way you don't want to emotionally affect them in a negative way Mm
0: -hmm. yeah it's weird though because like i am cool with like my friends if they needed something i'm like okay cool like that's fine like I don't think you're, like, like I would never think, like, oh, they're weak for asking for that. Mm-hmm. But then, like, I would never myself be like, hey, can you bring me, like, some soup? Like, I would never ask my friend mm. to do that for some reason. I don't know why. But if they ask that, I'm like, sure.
2: That's really cool. So <laughs> you realize, like, you had a different set of standards for others that you want then apply to yourself in terms of asking for help or... Being... Well, I
1: just
0: never felt like I needed it, but it's also okay if someone else needs it. Hmm.
2: When you said, like, I said, this was something that was true of you even as a kid, did you have, like, siblings and you kind of helped take care of them, or how was that?
0: Yeah, um, I have an older sister and a younger brother. So me and my sister, we um, helped take care of my brother a lot, because my mom was a single mom mm. for the most part. Mm. So I'm pretty good with children. Hmm.
2: And how much younger was your brother than you?
0: Seven years.
2: So did you feel like you had a childhood?
0: Mm, I definitely grew up really fast. Hmm.
2: Hmm. What do you think about that?
0: Um. I mean, like, I guess, I guess if I had kids, I would try really hard not to make them grow up fast, but it's not always a choice.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: I think that if I didn't, then I wouldn't be who I am today. And... um I think it's good I grew up fast since I moved out to L.A. so young. (laughs) True. It came in handy.
2: So you had your dad there with you from 16 to 18, and then at 18, Mm -hmm. you're in L.A. as a model on your own. How did you survive that?
0: I mean, before my dad left, he would, he started going on, like, he would leave for a couple months and then Mm. come back. So then, I think he officially moved when I was, like, Eighteen and a half if we're gonna get official. Mm. So he would like left for a couple months after I turned like 18 And left me on my own. I mean, I already like I already like driven around before I mean, I kind of knew I already knew the area like I already knew what castings detailed and stuff like that, but he didn't want to officially move Until he left me alone for a couple months and then he would text me and be like, are you doing okay? Did you make all your castings on time? It was really sweet.
2: (laughs)
1: Oh, that is cute.
0: I didn't find it hard. I really didn't because I really already knew what everything entails.
2: That's the part of the picture I don't understand what I'm hearing from you so far. Like this very kind, empathetic, doesn't want to be a burden to others. Will let people, you know, talk to her to, you know, I'll hear your problems because someone needs to hear them. And then it's like it's LA where it's like everyone's like me first and let me see how I can advance myself at other people's expense. That kind of mentality sometimes exists out there. And, or, like, the party scene where it's like, here's how you promote yourself or succeed as a model the you know, larger than life events and the, just all the nightlife. How did you not just say, this seems awesome and this is the coolest thing ever in life?
0: I mean, I tried a few things. I did party in LA a little bit at 17. So, you got old really quickly. I think because I did experience a lot of things early on before I moved here. Mm. And I already, like, have kind of had that, like, um, how do you describe it? Like, I know I'm really weak, but I'm also very, very, like, tough, which is funny. some people because i have a lot of friends who they've always been really nice to me so they've never seen this side
1: Mm. and they always
0: laugh and they're like i can't imagine you being like tough like i can't imagine you being like a bitch to somebody and i'm like that's because you're nice but i do have that like that side of me will deal with bullshit in a nice way for a little bit but then if it doesn't if they don't stop then i can be i can i can turn that on
2: that's how you come across right the kindest the kindest nicest person ever but that's what's fun about you is you do have this edge to you that if if someone's trying to take advantage or you sniff that out and then you're going to bat of this isn't happening was that a struggle for you to develop or you just had to develop it or how did like I get that some people are just naturally nice that's their personality but how did you develop that and yet still retain your niceness?
0: I feel like you you can't change Maybe this isn't true, but I feel like you can't change a person's deep-down personality. Of course, you have to develop a personality. I mean, when I was younger, I did a lot of crazy things when I was in junior high. Mm, and so okay. I got really good at that tough side. Cause you couldn't not be tough with the things I did in junior high.
2: So circumstances, if you had continued being nice, you would have gotten swallowed alive. Because the circumstances were so extreme, it forced you to develop this side of you that otherwise you might never had to have.
0: Well, I think I also had that side of me embedded in me. I always forget. When I was a child, I was quite aggressive, like before kindergarten. So I think I've always had both sides. Like, I think I've always kind of been a bit of a contradiction because I was very aggressive as a child. I would like bite people like before like, I'm not, like before kindergarten and I would headbutt people in the face uh-huh. my mom said that like at church she'd have to have one friend that I went one in, end of the pew and then her on the other end of the pew because I had so much energy and I was just so crazy that I would like run back and forth and they would have to catch me so I didn't leave the pew uh-huh. <laughs> so I was I like, was a very crazy kid and then my mom said I got really sweet once I started kindergarten
2: huh that's interesting and you. So
0: I guess I wasn't always just sweet I always had that side
2: and that that idea of a contradiction that that kind of speaks to you or it's like so deep down you wouldn't just say you're this really nice person it's like deep down you think there's a mixture of both in there
0: yeah I think so like it's definitely not a one one-sided thing
2: how, do, how does someone truly get to know who you are? Because like, like you're saying, you're very adept at like reading people and seeing who they are and responding kind of based off of their vibe or how they are. So is that part of who you are? Is that you're just a very responsive person? How does someone truly get to know who you are?
0: I feel like I'm pretty open. I mean, there's different sides of me, so different people may see different parts of me, but mm-hmm. they're all true. It's just, like, they bring out different pieces of me. And I'm very open and honest. It's, it's really not that hard to get to know at least a side of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: but that's the thing. So there's, there's sides of you, and it's, like, all the different sides of you. How does, how does someone get a more complete picture than just how they interact? Yeah, I'm just curious. Like, how does someone get the full picture of, like, all the different ranges you kind of
1: have?
0: um the full picture well i mean i guess you'd have to be like really really close to me to get the full picture
2: hmm.
0: like officially i guess like my my boyfriend has the full picture and i guess
2: your parents your mom mm-hmm.
0: yeah my parents and then two friends have like a, a full picture idea but hmm. i would say pretty much everyone else gets i mean they know me but they don't know where part. are
2: <laughs> yeah what's the huh trying to figure out what I'm getting at here how would you get to know a, like a lot of different sides of different people maybe there's another way of saying it
0: I think it's time maybe because I think in order to get to know different sides of people you like you have to be around them for a while and really appease to those different hmm. sides and have detailed conversations
2: hmm. and so what what in your like you said you've kind of you've experienced life at a young age in junior high you kind of went through some times that kind of helped develop this like the the toughness to you and bring that out more it was there from a a kid and then you've had these modeling experiences in la where i'm sure that's brought you into contact with a lot of you know different people different creative types and then you've been out on the farm or the desert with your animals from all those experiences, what do you think is valuable in another person, or what would make a person stand out to you, or it's like, that's interesting, or that's someone that seems cool or worth getting to know?
0: People who are really true to themselves, I find interesting. And people who are, I don't know, just like sweet and honest. and. There's always, I mean, something interesting about them, but I don't know what that could be. I mean, that's something different for everybody.
2: There's some people who they would argue that there's nothing more boring than honesty and being naked because you know everything, you see everything there is, and yeah. what people really want is to well, chase. Well,
0: mystery is fun, but I mean, that's true. <laughs>
2: Wait, so you want an honest, mysterious person? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, like, by honest, I mean, like, true to themselves. I don't even I don't mean necessarily like a complete open book, here's all of my truths all at one time. <laughs> I'm more so like like they're they're true to who they are, like they don't have to lie about who they are. Like they don't like it's not like they're like telling you every single thing about themselves, but they're just like they're just authentic to themselves
2: circling back to like this this duality to your nature where it's like you're a very kind person but if needs be you will fight tooth and nail and that that kind of mysteriousness and openness to you how does all this fit together it's like you want to be very known you're very open but yet to get to know all of you that's much more challenging than people think that seems like a very cool thing but it's like how how does that work <laughs> How do you fit all these different parts of you together? Do you think a lot of people you meet are kind of one-sided, or there's just one, like once you get to know this about them, you know all there is to know about them?
0: To me, one person could seem like one-sided and not particularly interesting, or like I know them, one side of them. But then to another person, they could be completely different. So I don't know if I would say that there's a lot of people who seem like one-sided, because maybe maybe they do to me but they don't to
2: other people some people that's maybe like you're saying they can't be alone with themselves they can't fully develop the different aspects of their character and so all they are is just this one side of a thing maybe or maybe not i don't know
1: i always
0: think that people are complicated even if they seem really simple to me i think like they're everyone's complicated they all have more than one side, for the most part, I mean, I could be wrong, I guess maybe some people aren't that way, but I think the nature of, of humans is complicated. Hmm.
2: I agree with you, but I agree that a lot of people, they want to not face those complications and they want an easy answer, which is why it's hard to be alone with a person's own Well, thoughts. yeah,
0: I mean, I think a lot of people want an easy answer, but I'm, I think that people want an easy answer, but I don't think there is any easy answer for any person
2: yes i agree with that that's what a lot of people are looking for like they want to learn how to be quiet and still with themselves they want to be aware how to feel self-assured and to not obsess over their looks even when that might be their very job is based off their looks like it seems so natural and effortless to you
0: i do a lot of thinking you really like anytime there's a big issue for me. I spend a lot of time thinking about where it comes from and like why is this an issue?
1: Mm.
0: And like you got to figure out the root of things and like I don't know to me like having an understanding of what it all means helps to then figure out like okay, well now that I understand this problem, like how do I fix this problem? And I don't I don't know if a lot of people really get deep down into the root of Of their problems because then of course you have to think about
2: things you don't want to yeah how do you not view that process as a very a lot of people would say you're well you're dwelling on a negative thing the best thing you need to do is not let it take up any more of your time or thoughts or energy it's not worth it how do you know when to think about something and to figure out the root cause versus is there ever a time you should just how do you know if you're running from something because you're scared of it and you can't face it versus you literally just need to quit thinking about it?
0: Uh, I mean, I think there's a thin line between like dwelling and obsessing over something and like working through something. And I don't know how to describe it verbally, but I think that like as a person, you can feel that line when you're mm. do, uh, you can feel whenever you're really just doing more damage mm. than good by, by thinking
1: about it.
2: Mm-hmm. Let's say there's something from your past that this was 10 years ago, and yet somehow it's still weighing on your mind. That might feel like you don't want to address it. Do you think there are things you kind of need to dig up and examine in life? And like you're saying, if people have a history of doing this, it's so much harder to do it.
0: I think if it's an issue for you and it's affecting your daily life, or affecting you in you know, important situations of your life, then I think it's important to address it regardless of how old it is.
1: Hmm.
0: It just has to be done in a very, like, gentle way. Hmm. I know this like everyone always says this. Everyone always says to meditate, but no, really, like, meditation really helps.
2: And meditation, is that partly, like, what you're talking about of asking yourself why do I feel this way why keep asking why until you can't there's no further to go than this is why
1: well it's like,
0: well, it's like breathing so you know if you don't want to aggressively address it that way because sometimes that's worse for a person
1: hmm.
0: like m- you can meditate and just like both fo- focus on your breathing and then see like see like what comes up see what comes up in your mind and don't be overwhelmed by it just keep focusing on your breathing and if you get overwhelmed by it like think about something nice and just like forget about what you were worried about for a second Mm -hmm. and then come back to it when you can it's like it's like there's like meditation techniques (laughs) all made for this sort of thing that i've i've practiced
2: what's something i mean if you don't mind sharing within your comfort zone what's something where a thought comes into your brain you're like ah I really don't want to think about that but then you're like okay I'm gonna get comfortable with it and I'm gonna come back and address it what's uh, that sounds fascinating to me like how what's an example of something where it's like you kind of use that technique or that softer approach to a hard uh, topic to look at
0: I've always had a big phobia with vomiting mainly other people because I didn't really have as much of an issue like because I didn't didn't throw up very often that was a really big phobia of mine and I didn't address it for a long time I just kept letting it get worse hmm. until eventually it became a phobia against like any contagious sickness so then like it became sort of obsessive to where like if, if I heard like sniffles you know people, when people sniffle it's like multiple times <laughs> or, like when there's a cough And, and like, you're, like, in the airport and, like, one person coughs, like, six more people Mm
1: cough for some
0: reason. Those noises, I got so, like, obsessed that, like, I couldn't not hear them.
1: Mm. It was really weird. Like,
0: Mm -hmm. I would just, like, it was, like, putting a magnifying glass up to those noises. It was just, like, constant. I could Mm -hmm. hear them from everywhere. So that became a really big thing for me. And the meditation techniques actually really helped a lot with that. And it really, like... Helps you figure out the root cause without even having to try to actively think about it.
2: Just by how does mean how by not actively thinking about it, how did you kind of figure out a root cause or what was the root cause in your mind? Well,
0: because you, you meditate and because you're calm and you're meditating, like I don't know why it works this way, but you just kind of like have a lot more realization. And and I've also been the kind of person to like I like to find the root cause and I like to think about these things So I want to make sense of stuff like Mm. if there's like I don't I'm not just gonna be like I don't know why I have this phobia. I like to have You know everything to be in order and make sense. So I will like sit there and think about okay like when did this occur?
2: That's really cool, and that's
1: Hmm
2: well, I'm trying to pick I'm trying to like like that would not be like the first impression I get off of you and it's like it's so cool that that's you but I'm just trying to figure out from my end it's like why like the overwhelming like sense I get from you like I was say, like this empathetic this very like attuned person who's like free and like mysterious but like open and yet it's like do you think a lot of people get that you think a lot about things at a pretty deep level or that's something that Is that something you don't share often, or is that just my impression, or how do you kind of...
0: I haven't, I didn't really think about that much until recently, and I think that a lot of, I don't know if a lot of people know how deeply I think about things until they have an in-depth conversation with me, which, I mean, why would you before having an in-depth conversation with me?
2: How many different sides do you have, or what do you see of your, what are the different modes you operate on, what do you, how would you describe those different sides?
0: I mean, I find like it's really hard to 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 verbalize, and I'm, I'm not the best at verbalizing these things. But I mean, some people think I'm I'm rather shy, like I'm quiet, and shy, and like sweet and innocent. I wouldn't I wouldn't call myself innocent, though. So I would think that's just what people perceive. So there's definitely that that side of me that's like. Quiet and and I do get shy sometimes and there's definitely a side of me that's like a little bit more like socially awkward, but then it's really weird because then there's a side of me that's very very outgoing and bubbly and talkative, and then there's like you know there's like a really chill side of me. I mean it's really hard to explain. I mean you're doing great. Kind of like a less like I I just don't really care side where it's like. Mm-hmm. can't be bothered by anything whatever just like fuck it that was that side I tend to get that side a lot more when I'm single and that side paired with my wild side when I'm single that happens quite a bit and then there's like this like uptight side where like certain things have to be very specific and I have all these like weird rules in my head which is really weird because it doesn't pair well with like the other sides of me <laughs>
2: <laughs> help me understand that more
0: not very many people know that side why is that? Well, because I think that's sort of like a more intense side. Like the side that's like has, has these weird worlds and is very specific about certain things. It is very certain things.
2: Do you think you're results driven where you choose which side of you you think will lead to the result you're wanting when you're interacting with somebody?
0: Um, no, not always. Not always. Because I feel like my intense side doesn't ever really get the result I want. And usually, what the intense side wants would fare much better if
1: I just did it the sweet way. You were the better part of every bit of beating heart that I had, whatever I had. I finally sat alone, pitch black, flesh and bone. Couldn't believe that you were calm.
2: Next episode. We're looking at fixed gear racing and cycling over in the UK with Kiera McVitie.